Hey everyone, you're listening to the Ask Daryl Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 1. Are you a house of brands or a branded house? The Ask Daryl Podcast is a weekly podcast where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, break down your questions about church communications. This podcast is part of the Church Communications Network. Check us out at churchcommunications.com. Hey everybody, long time no see or no heard from, if, if you want to phrase it like that. I have been on a bit of a hiatus with working with my friend Katie Allred to build out the Church Communications Facebook group and finally churchcommunications.com. So that's where I've been and we are back for season two. Today's topic is about are you a branded house or a house of brands? Now, that may seem like a totally foreign concept to you, but I guarantee you on some level, if you are dealing with logos, icons, or brands inside of your church, you're dealing with this problem. I'm just putting a name to it. Uh, and so let's talk about what this is. Well, a house of brands is in a, in a branded house are, are two different things. Let me kind of break them down for you. Okay, uh, if you were going to take Sony, for example, we would look at Sony and we take a look at Sony's brand. Okay, Sony makes the Sony PlayStation. Back in the day, they used to make the Sony Walkman. They make Sony, uh, you know, TVs. There a lot of different Sony items. They all have Sony on them, but they're all very distinct, different items with different things that they do. They just have the Sony brand. All right, so Sony in that case means a lot of different things. It means everything from TVs to games, even to movies, music. It's a it's a branded house, if you will. Okay, so in other words, it's a single brand that spans across lots of different items and lots of different things. The other way to approach it is what we call a branded house. And that is, example would be, say, General Mills. General Mills makes cereal. But if you notice, they've got Captain Crunch, they've got Frosted Flakes, they got all that stuff. You typically don't think I'm buying a General Mills cereal. You're thinking you're buying Frosted Flakes. It just happens to have that little General Mills logo up in the upper top of the box. So they're what we call a house of brands. In other words, they are multiple brands living under one house, each with their own distinctive look and feel. So you don't ever think about General Mills. You think about that specific brand and that house of brands. So Sony is a branded house where you think I'm buying a Sony TV, I'm buying a Sony PlayStation and a house of brands. You're thinking I'm buying a particular brand inside of a house of brands. And you actually never really think about the parent brand, if you will. Now, the question is, why does this matter? Well, it matters in the sense that it helps determine for you the direction by which you're going to take each of your ministry's brands. So when the student ministry wants to brand themselves, do you want to do a branded house where it is your church's name, student ministry? So let's say for us, it was Brentwood Baptist Student Ministry here. Or do they have their own particular name? Like at one point we were called Exit 71 Student Ministries. So that's a house of brands, okay? Exit 71 Student Ministry because it doesn't have anything to do with the parent brand. And then we initially moved to a branded house, which was Brentwood Baptist Student Ministry. Now, those are two really distinctive philosophies. And whether you think about it or not, you are probably dealing with that issue when somebody comes to you and they want to have their ministry have a specific name, a specific look that is different from the churches. So, What's the advantages and disadvantages of going into these routes? Well, 
Here are some of the advantages of going to a, what I say as a house of brands. That is, everybody gets their own identity. And if you want a really great argument on this, you need to read the book, 22 Laws of Immutable, uh, 22 Immutable Laws of Branding by Al Rise. I'll put the link in the show notes. This book really breaks down why they believe a house of brands is actually better for you. And the argument for a house of brands is, is that it really gives, when you give a brand its own, each unique identity, what it allows it to do is allows it to kind of develop and kind of grow on its own and really kind of really distinctly own a niche in the marketplace. Okay. And so it really kind of lets itself apart and it, it, it allows you to become, if you will, uh, it really kind of lives and lets it live in its own space and let it grow. It gives it kind of room to grow, if you will. So example would be this, like Dasani waters owned by Coke. So that's an example of you may not think you don't think Coke when you think Dasani water. You think just think Dasani water. So that is an example of a house of brands. So Dasani water gets to kind of grow, gets to be its own thing. You don't associate it with Coke. If it was Coke's Dasani water, that would seem a little odd. Okay. So the advantage is it kind of lets it have its room to breathe. The advantage of the branded house is if you have a really great parent brand. Um, you can play off that parent brand, especially that parent brand has great recognition in the community and has great value. You can use the parent brand. Okay. So example would be is Coke and Diet Coke. Okay. Diet Coke is playing off the parent brand, which is Coke. Now, I think that's a great way to play it and a great way to do it. Now, there is some disadvantages to that. The disadvantages to each of these, if you will, is the disadvantage of a house of brands is that you are as you as a branding communication person are now dealing with multiple brands that you got to manage that each have their own distinctive feel. And from just purely from an efficiency standpoint, that is a lot to deal with. Okay. The other, the disadvantage of the other way, which is the branded house is, is, is the problem is, is that sometimes the parent brand is so powerful that the brands underneath it never really get to fully grow and do what they probably potentially could do. So example, going back to Coke and Diet Coke, is that Diet Coke will never really surpass Coke from a branding standpoint. It'll always be the younger sibling of the parent brand. So it never gets the opportunity to grow. So if you have a student ministry or children's ministry, and it's known as the Brentwood Baptist Children's Ministry, it's never going to really take on a life of its own. If it had its own identity, it probably will take on a life of its own and probably organically grow in pretty some pretty unique ways. So those are the advantages and disadvantages of it. Now I'll tell you one thing you'll also find is when you're having these conversations with yourself and you start having these conversations with ministers or people you work with, you're going to find that I, that most ministries prefer to be a house of brands. They want their own thing. They want their own logo, want their own icon. They kind of want to be themselves. And that's understandable. The downside of that is, is that also leads to siloing and it kind of has this mentality of this is my kingdom. This is what I own. This is my silo. So that's where a branded house comes in and it really allows you to kind of come in and say, we're all together. We're all in one single cohesive mission. That's why I like a branded house on one level because what it does is it keeps everybody together. So most communicators I know love branded houses. Most ministries I work with, they love house of brands because they want to be able to do their own thing. So the question is, what should you do? How should you approach this? I think it depends on a couple different things. One, do you really see these brands coexisting in the same space visually, aesthetically? Do you ever see yourself having to present all of these brands at one point uh, on signage, on um, websites, whatever that is? If you if you do see yourself doing that, then you need to think aesthetically, 
how are all these things tying together? Because if it looks like a side of a NASCAR with 20 different logos, it's going to be a very disjointed visual user experience, and it can be very confusing. Um, if you're going if you're going to have that and you have everything cohesively tied together back to the parent brand, it's going to have a nice visual aesthetic to it. It's going to be pleasing to the eye, and I think it's actually going to give everybody a sense of, that the whole place that you're in has got cohesion. If you don't see yourself doing that, if you really want to let people kind of run and wild free, and that's kind of the vibe of your church, the ethos is that, man, we just wanted people organically to do their thing, then you know what? Go with the house of brands. You're going to be fine. Let people do their own thing. Let people grow and and let them grow their ministries. Let them do that thing. And that's going to be just fine. So it really depends in terms of how you want to approach that. What's the the ethos, the, the, the vibe of your church? I will say this though. Here's a caveat is whenever you're thinking through how you want to approach this, ask yourself, how's this going to scale out five to 10 years from now? If you grow into like, say a multi-campus church, if you grow and say you add five to 10 new ministries, what's that look like for you? Especially if you're like the one sole graphic designer on your team, you're the graphic designer, you do the bulletin, you also handle the web. Can you handle all these new brands and trying to figure out how do you make a color palettes for all them typography choices. You got to think how all that's going to scale, which again is why a branded house sometimes can be a better option down the road, specifically if you're trying to scale things out. So there you go. That's the difference between a house of brands or branded house. Hopefully this has been informative to you and hopefully this kind of helps you kind of navigate these waters. So if you like this episode, feel free to share it with a friend. We'd love that. If you got a question for us, Head over to the Church Communications Facebook group or go over to churchcommunications.com. If you're looking for the Church Communications Facebook group, it's super easy. Just go on Facebook, search for Church Communications. We're the first one that pops up. Go ahead, join the group, go and ask some questions. We'd love to get those questions answered for you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.